Hey, everybody. I just wanted to tell you real quick. Look, we didn't invest in uh, T-shirts and hats. We could have. Believe me, I've come up with a slogan or two, as you could probably imagine. We have the commemorative uh, Kate Daly Show coin because we want to put money back in your pocket. And we knew that right now, with everything going on, you would want to invest in precious metals. This is a real silver coin. It is a uh, minted after the first coin ever produced in the United States. It has a piece of history that I love. And it has the Kate Daly Show on it, Be Faithful, Be Fearless. comes in a beautiful case. $99, and most of that goes to the show. But it is going to put money back in your pocket. And I do think silver's only going up. I wanted to make sure that you got something out of that, out of helping Truth in Radio. We're up against a lot because shows like this don't go on for a long time because uh, corporations usually edge us out. And I don't want that to happen. Please help this show stay on the air and you can help free speech and know that you did something to help free speech in America survive this. Radio is very important. It's a very important element because you're listening. And when people are listening, as Rush used to point out, when people are listening, they're digesting those words better than watching stuff, something on TV and watching visuals. It's a really important medium. And I want to stay here doing the show with all of my favorite co-hosts. So thank you. Go to Kate Dow radio.com and please pick up a few of those coins i would really appreciate it thank you from the bottom hello i'm mike lindell and i'm coming to you with one of the most important commercials that i've ever done all of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last eight months in my efforts to bring the truth forward well now you can help in a couple ways first get everyone you know to go to my new media platform frankspeech.com There you'll find all the footage from my cyber symposium and many other important broadcasts. Also, I am personally doing a new daily live show to get the truth out. It's at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Secondly, I'm offering some of the best prices ever on MyPillow products, but they're only available on frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless. Make sure and put the code word Kate, K-A-T-E. This will get you up to 66% savings at MyPillow.com. The code word Kate, my first name, K-A-T-E. Helps support Mike, helps support this show, and helps support yourself in getting some amazing amazing products. These are the best ones I've ever owned. Go to MyPillow.com, code word Kate. In my heart. Hi, this is Ryan from Inside Out Hyperbarics, and today I'm on the radio to say thank you to all of our clients who have allowed us to be part of their healing journeys. From helping those suffering from traumatic brain injury and chronic pain disorders, to those with symptoms of autoimmune or the lingering effects of COVID-19 long haulers. It's been an honor you put faith in us to help you through some of your toughest times. So to give back, we will be running monthly specials to celebrate our upcoming six-year anniversary. To find these specials, check us out on the web at InsideOutHyperbarics.com. Inside Out Hyperbarics, bringing out the best in you. I uh, recently became a father. Thank you. Became a father for the fourth time. Never as much applause on that part. Really no applause, right? Because after the third kid, people stop congratulating you. Then they just treat you like you're Amish. Four? Well, that's one way to live your life. 
you build us one of those wood fireplaces? Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. Hi there. Welcome. Kay Daly Show. And of course, uh, this is a pre-recorded live show, if that makes sense. And so this interview is new, and I really wanted you to hear this. Uh, this is uh, Kimberly Ells. Kimberly Ells wrote a fascinating book um, about uh, the Invincible Family. And I first noticed her on Tucker Carlson. And this book, she just made some brilliant points about the family and how in trouble we are right now um, with the family unit and what we're doing uh, to the family, what the left is doing to the family, most importantly. Okay. My guest is Kimberly Ells, and she wrote this fantastic book, The Invincible Family. The Invincible Family, uh, Why the Global Campaign to Crush Motherhood and Fatherhood Can't Win. And boy, do I agree. Um, I have been a, a very vocal opponent to what the world is doing to our families um, since the 60s. And this has been, I've done many, many podcasts on this, but I think this will actually kind of go up a little notch because we're going to kind of factor in some other things that I don't think people ever think of. And so welcome to the show, Kimberly. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I This book is important because you bring up some things that I think are they're, they're obvious, but they're not really thought of in the way that I think that you've kind of encapsulated them. And I can't wait to bring this to the audience. And and I, we're going to talk a little bit about the destruction of the family. What got you interested in writing a book like this and being invested in this fight? Because, I mean, you're a mom. I'm a mom. And we both have probably a lot of kids. And we are witnessing mm-hmm. a lot of things happen as we're raising our children. And so I'm sure a lot of you out there, this will touch a lot of you because I can't imagine that it wouldn't. We're talking talking about family, which is the core, the core unit, right? Uh, of uh, The country is never about the dirt, the soil. It's about the families that exist there. And so it's really about the family and, and securing the family. Why did you, what got you into the, into writing this book? What were you noticing? Well, I didn't set out to write a book. I just, I had right. been, you know, raising my kids and being mm-hmm. aware of kind of the anti-family, growing anti-family kind of sentiment in society and right. kind of keeping my keeping the pulse of that. Right. And um, in the course of things, I found a document online that was really disturbing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what kind of brought me into being politically active and, and mm-hmm. participating in family advocacy and so forth. And so what I found was, was uh, a document promoting sexual rights for children. And sexual was, rights uh, for kids. a horrific idea to me. Um, yeah. and so and come to find out it was, it was published by International Plant Parenthood Federation and I got looking into it and I thought this, this can't be real. And if it is, it's got to go, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was just a really an awful presentation of sex as a right, a human right for, for kids, people of, for people, oh, for, for children not so, having sex. That's a really strange document. Yeah. Yeah. Like one quote from it is, is this, sexuality and sexual pleasure are important parts of being human for everyone, no matter what age, no matter if you're married or not, and no matter if you want to have children or not. But, <laughs> so that's, it, but that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Of the, the philosophy. And wow. I thought that is not okay. That is such an untrue statement that's yeah. damaging not only to young people, mm-hmm. but to the family at large and, and then in turn to society. And so that's what kind of 
got me up and going. Jeez. I mean, you're right. It it isn't true because it's saying age doesn't matter. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it does. Uh, Those things aren't aren't happening. Those even desires aren't happening until later on. This is ridiculous that this is for children. I would be as horrified as you. Kind of looking around at some people who are already um, fighting this battle, and I found Family Watch International, who they had been working for over a decade at the United Mm -hmm. Nations, fighting this agenda, which I didn't even know was a thing there. And so I jumped on board and just learned, I've learned a ton in the Mm -hmm. past 10 years Mm -hmm. and um, gone to the United Nations, seen some things for myself that were just really shocking. (laughs) And uh, eventually I just decided I needed to write the book. There there was a second reason though, and that was that I I kind of realized that women as mothers Mm -hmm hold the prime position of power in society. And I feel like that's a story that is almost never told. You're right. And I wanted to tell that story. And so those two things kind of came together um, in the book. I love this. And I think what people, before we get into that, people really need to know, it's a concerted plan. This is people that are, are trying to destroy the family. It's not happening because of the culture, by the way, of the culture train that's, that's headed in a lot of crazy and bizarre and insane directions. But but, but this is a concerted plan that they have devised. Yes, it, it is. And I didn't really realize that. I mean, the family has been headed downhill in a lot of ways for a lot of years. Sure. But until I went to the global level and saw the things happening for myself, I didn't really grasp that there really is a global anti-family movement and an effort to crush the family. In fact, I was on um, a meeting, a UN mm-hmm. meeting from the Commission of the Status of Women mm-hmm. last March, mm-hmm. and an official from UNFPA, one of the major UN agencies, in the course of his talk, um, he said that the focus of all their efforts are the 12-year-old girl. Jeez. And so if you think about that, why is that? Why, mm-hmm. why 12? Why 12? And why the girl? And if, if you dig a little deeper, it's because she holds the key to the future. Yeah. And if they can convince a 12-year-old girl at an age when she's very impressionable, mm-hmm. just heading into puberty, if mm-hmm. you can convince her of the, of the philosophy that sex is her right, she should give it out to anyone she wants to because that's what freedom is about. Jeez. And that if she happens to get pregnant, she can, it's her right to abort her own baby. Um, and that career is more important than raising families. Right. Like All these things come together. And if you can convince a young girl of that, mm-hmm. the trajectory of her whole life will be different. Wow. Honestly, she'll, she'll be scarred and she'll be um, hurt by this agenda that doesn't teach her the truth. And so when I heard him say that, I was was appalled. Then we're going to rise up for the 12 year old girl. Because if if we, if they derail girls at age 12, then the mothers of the future, there'll be fewer mothers Mm -hmm. and the mothers that there are will be less prepared and not understanding their power as mothers. Boy, isn't that the truth? And and empowerment, they're teaching them that all their power is their job, their career, and motherhood is just a byproduct, I guess, because you have the mechanism to do that. <laughs> but it's more about the, the, what, your relevance in the world, which is actually, it's actually not 
not nice to women. It's saying that your relevance in the world now is career, have sex with whoever you want, don't be in a committed relationship. It used to be where uh, sex was something that made that relationship into the commitment of marriage because there was there were certain things within the bonds of marriage. But now it's about you're empowered if you give it out to whom you want, even at a very young age. It's the whole twisting of those ideas. It's really messing with kids. It is, and it's not to say that women can't have power and influence in other ways besides right. motherhood. Of course, they can, and almost most all women these mm-hmm. things do, and right. our opportunities are limitless. But where are young girls today hearing the message that being a mother is valuable both mm-hmm. to her and to society? Yeah, almost nowhere. Nope. You know, and so it's okay. It's it's okay if women pursue others. Mm-hmm. besides motherhood, but it's in motherhood where they have the most, they have the potential to have the most long-lasting power and influence, right. and that's important. And joy. <laughs> and joy. Yes, and joy. They miss, they miss out on that, and because they're not, they're not being told that, and I can, I can appreciate what you're saying, because I'm seeing it too, and I'm seeing it in a lot of different ways, and this youth is, is, is being told that um, sex is something that's like a like a sport. It's like an activity. It's like a sport, mm-hmm. and uh, and and the emphasis I think uh, is what I was trying to say was put more on career. So your emphasis, your worth is more about well, what did you do? Well, you know, well, who are you? Who do you work for? What do you do? But then family's mm-hmm. the sidebar. You know what I mean? It's like the side. I don't know. It just feels like the side gig. And I think that's, yeah. that's sad. It's sad for the kids, too, because uh, I just I want I want them to know the joy of, of being a mom. I've had a lot of joy in being a mom and being a, a woman and um, and having a relationship last and all of those things. So so what you brought right. to the table, a couple of things. Um, oh, before I go there, I was noticing. And did you notice this, too? The emphasis too, even rolling back the age like at Disneyland, the age of an adult ticket is over the age of 10. And I noticed that a lot of these schools and and a lot of the 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 curriculums and stuff it's it's up to the age of 10 over the age of 10 when did they start to do that did you ever notice that that the the, that it's even getting down to about 10 years old right i mean that i think the purpose for that is twofold obviously they can earn more money by lowering the the yes of course yeah there is a more nefarious element to it because if we are inching down the age of what we consider you know an adult or Mm -hmm. a more mature person that influences the way we think as a culture and what i've seen also at the global level there there are continuous efforts by planned parenthood and and others Mm -hmm. to lower the age of consent i mean we've heard stories about this right right um and different countries have and even states have different laws about age of consent Mm -hmm. but it's it's really if we're saying that young girls are able to consent to sex, that puts them in a very vulnerable position. Right. It doesn't protect them. It doesn't right. empower them. It disempowers them because they, they aren't, young girls are not equipped mm-hmm. to, to decide about, you know, sexual encounters because they don't even fully understand what that's about. And especially if the, the man involved is older, mm-hmm. that, makes, that puts her in a very vulnerable position. And so that is an effort that I think we have to resist. That is so true. Making kids adults so that they can and don't have to have parent consent on on things, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scary, scary, scary. Uh, I can't even imagine. Uh, we have parents for a reason. Well, yeah, we have parents for a reason. And again, going to the global level, I've learned that the Convention on the Rights of the Child, which almost every nation in the world has ratified except the United States, mm-hmm. frames the child as a 
a legal entity basically outside of their parents, and it attempts to grant to children all these autonomous rights. We're all in favor of children's rights to be protected and, and valid children's rights and the right to be protected by their parents. But the, the term children's, children's rights has been mm-hmm. significantly corrupted. And in the CRC, you know, there are all kinds of rights are asserted, right. like that children should have a right to privacy, meaning they can access, you know, mm-hmm. any information they want to without their parents' consent that they should have access to sexual services, you know, and, and right. it so kind of grants to children as if they are already autonomous beings. But we all know that they're not. They're That's not. why they have parents. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Lady Madonna, children at your feet. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show for you. Recorded live show today. And uh, this is an interview you have not heard. It's live uh, recorded. And by the way, go get the commemorative coin, please. Uh, we really need your help. Um, I wouldn't be asking if we didn't need it. And if you like this show and want it to continue, if you want us to be able to do the things we need to do so that uh, the listening isn't interrupted <laughs> and that we can deal with all the hacking that we're getting and all the issues that we're getting, please help us out. Sometimes we have to invest in the kind of uh, shows we want. And I know that it's fun when it's you know free on the radio, but we have to invest in, in our own uh, freedom of speech and our own truth to shore it up against uh, those uh, forces that would like to take it away. So uh, we're an independent show, and the coin is a silver coin, 99 bucks. And I know 99 bucks is a lot. It seems like a lot to, to a lot of people. I get that. But you're also putting money back in your pocket. So a T-shirt or a hat wouldn't have the same effect, um, you know, as far as putting money back in your pocket like this would. This is investing in metals. Please do this. Uh, and and I just, I think silver's going to go up. That's my personal opinion. And uh, you're going to be grateful you did, but you're also helping Truth in Radio. Please grab a couple if you can. Um, silver coins, please. And uh, maybe even for Christmas, uh, for some of those you love. Go to go to katedallyradio.com and pick up the coin that's right there on the top. Click and click and order and they'll drop ship it today. Thank you. Um, also, uh, my pillow. Make sure and go to mypillow.com. Grab some good Christmas gifts right now. Put those away for a few months until Christmas. You'll love the MyPillow products and uh, you'll just, you'll love them. I can't even say enough about the quality. I'm in love with the quality and I tell people about them off the air all the time, but you're going to get up to 90% off. They're practically giving it to you. So, and their new slippers are amazing. The slides, great gift for somebody you love and you're helping truth and radio. So mypillow.com code word Kate. Code word Kate, K-A-T-E. My guest is Kimberly Ells. The Invincible Family is the book. And this book uh, is making its way uh, everywhere. In fact, I'll tell you something. It's a great it's a great premise. It's that fight for the family. And we need a lot of warriors on this front because if we lose that, we lose our we lose everything. You lose the family, that's the nucleus of the of the world. And so we've got to fight for our families. There is a concerted effort against them right now, and we'll talk about that. Kimberly, we need our families more than ever, right? Autonomous, that's the goal eventually, but, yeah. but they need people who are older, wiser, and who love them. 
oh, to help them along the way. Amen. I'm talking with Kimberly Ells, the author of The Invincible Family, Why the, Why the Global Campaign to Crush Motherhood and Fatherhood Can't Win. There really has been a concerted effort to crush motherhood and fatherhood. I've seen it in a lot of different ways. In the movies we watch, in the TV, it's parents are stupid, kids are smarter, and kids need to just be allowed to just do what they're going to do. And uh, and it's really, it's really hard to watch. Sure. Yeah. So there's... The- you know, there's two kind of mindsets in society that, that mm-hmm. family, that society should be uh, constructed in a private manner with right. private enterprise, private ownership, private responsibility, right? And right. then there's kind of a, another view that's more collectivist in nature, even even communist in nature to the to the farthest degree. Mm-hmm. And so there's this kind of continual battle between those two kind of extremes or different ideals that continually plays out, and. Um, this is one of the things, thinking about this is what, one of the things that compelled me to write the book, is because when I realized that when, when a baby is born, it comes out of its own mother, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And that's how we know who it belongs to. Right. Now, the mother does not own her child. We don't use that language because that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. But it does, the child does belong Right. To its mother. Which is a lot it more spiritual. That's a father. lot that's a lot more spiritual. Right? Rather than owning, belonging is belonging to a family. It's more spiritual in nature, which I love. <laughs> right? It's right. That family core. From the opposite point of view, the child has claim on its own parents. Those those particular parents belong to the child and the child you know, has a certain right mm-hmm. um, to be cared for by the people who produce it, mm-hmm. who create it. Sure. And so there's there's an elemental uh, kind of essence of right, but even deeper than that, just belonging that happens when a child is, is born of a woman. And it's always from a woman. Yes. And so you may have a question about who the father of a child is. There's rarely a question about who the mother is. True. So that puts her in a really unique position of of belonging the child belongs to her and so because of that if the woman then says this child belongs to me and there's almost nobody who's willing to challenge a mother <laughs> who gave birth and say no the child isn't yours like right. we all traditionally through history have respected that mm-hmm. because it's inherent sure you know sure and so if she says this child is mine mm-hmm. that is private belonging and that speaks to the private organization of society. In fact, I assert in the book, and I strongly believe, that it's the bond and the connection of mother and child that maintains the world as a privately oriented uh, system. Love that. Rather than the collectivist system. In fact, there's a, there's a feminist that I quote in my book extensively who, who says that's the whole problem, the bond between mothers and children. We haven't been able to eliminate that. That's why collectivism and socialism has never worked successfully long term. Like she points wow. that out and she's absolutely right. Yeah. And that's on purpose. And, and if you're a God fearing person, as mm-hmm. I am, yeah. that's intentional on God's part. You know, right. he designed anatomy so that it would orient society in a private way. Because the family has then becomes its own little private entity. I love it's, it. You know, interdependent somewhat on society around it, but that the mother and the father are responsible for the children. They manage their own work and finances and everything. Mm-hmm. They're a private entity. And that's because of the anatomy of women. And um, that's significant. And yes. no one really thinks about that. But that is the great preserver of privatization is motherhood. I've never even really thought about it. Honestly, I've done many shows on these kinds of topics because I'm really outspoken about the family. 
And I, I have never really thought about it that way that, you know, there's a reason that we weren't just dropped in fields and raised by a group, <laughs> a tribe, a group, exactly. right? It's because it was, it was designed this way. You had a mother, you had a father that would be there because it takes two, um, no matter what anyone thinks it takes two. And, uh, and that it was designed to be that way. And the mother gives that those babies, uh, certain, uh, you know, certain things, uh, even genetically and biologically and everything else. And so does the father, the father has certain traits that they extend to that baby as well, but it wouldn't work mm-hmm. in a tribe. Kids being raised in a tribe wouldn't work it, as the right, collective. It wouldn't work. And if, if they just popped up somewhere, mm-hmm. most children would die. Right. You know? Right. And so a kind and loving God has nestled new people into mm-hmm. what we've come to call families because that gives them a place of connection and belonging from the very first moments of their lives. And, and you know, that's what, when the family breaks down, that's often what people are missing and they go searching for is a sense of belonging. Right. And God intended to give that to everyone through their family Love right it. from the get-go. It's, it's a beautiful plan. And um, when, it, when it works correctly, it, it, no, it's the best system that could be instituted to mm-hmm. take care of the most people most of the time. It doesn't always work flawlessly. Mm-hmm. We know that some families, all families have issues and problems. None of them are perfect, right. but almost all parents cherish and love their children and they sure. want to care for them and defend them. That's almost universal. And so families accomplish that. That is so true. You know, Hillary, ugh, uh, Hillary used to say, uh, I have a, just a natural reaction whenever that name comes up, but Hillary used to say it takes a village. What they didn't say was it takes a village of families <laughs> because it's not the village right. raising the kids. It's the families raising the kids and families make up communities and that makes up a country. That's, that's the essence yes. of a country, right? The nucleus. Yes, it is. And I like to modify that Hillary statement to say it takes a village to support a mother. Yeah, true. You know, the village rallies around the mother and the father so that they can provide their children. Obviously, we need some outside to support at times. And so, yes, a village of families. I like the way you put that. Yeah, village. We we get we and, and, you know, to a lot of people, that phrase would have sounded good. Oh, yeah, we all got to chip in. Well, nobody has the kind of influence that the parents have, even though the influence from friends and family can be great, but we don't really, you don't have the influence and the teaching and the caring like you do from a parent. And so I love the fact that you're talking about, you know, that baby comes from that mother and you know who that mother is because that mother is so important. No wonder the attack on women and then the attack on the family. Because in order to get to the family, you have to have the attack on women. And that started in the late 60s. Mm-hmm. You, you have this huge attack trying to, trying to tell women that they are something over here and their power is over here. And what they need to do is be over here, away from their families. Really? I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. seems like that. Jeez. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and they've been very cunning and persuasive at making, right. making that case you know, and luring women away from what most women eventually find is the most fulfilling mm-hmm. and purposeful part of their lives, which is motherhood Jeez. and family. You know, you said um, something too about it's the family that's at the obstacle. The feminist was saying it's the obstacle in our way. They still cannot penetrate that completely. They're trying and they're and, and a lot of it's working. They're trying to do it, but they, they can't because uh, they can't compete. Right. They can't offer anything. That's the equivalent of what a mother and baby, what a mother to her family is. 
but it is the obstacle in the way. Yeah, you can't duplicate it. You can't replicate it. And really, it's almost impossible to break. I mean, after a baby is born, that relationship is unbreakable. Like, no matter, even if the mother dies or something tragic happens, like, that baby still belongs to that mother. It, Uh, it, It just is. You know, and so no one, no one can fill that role. Now, I'm not saying that in cases of adoption, that's, of course, a very noble situation in mm -hmm. which a child whose mother has is not there to take care of it. Then, of course, a loving society has a mechanism to care for that child. And, you know, it's appropriate that the the baby would would attach to its adoptive mother. And so I'm not, (laughs) I just want to make clear, I'm not against, you know, adoption. No, I think people understand that. adoption follows the model Mm -hmm. of the biological family, that a child should belong to someone, not just thrown into, you know, that's why the orphanage uh, situation, no one likes that because we all know that it's not best for children. The best Mm -hmm. situation is to be in a family. Oh, that's a great point. And I think people realize realize that too um, when you're saying that is because the mother then becomes, um, you know, the mother then becomes that mother to that baby as if that baby came out of her. And that is such a, cru- mm-hmm. it's a crucial role, but it's still that role that doesn't change. And so uh, I like that, that, that you're, uh, that you're saying that because I think people will really um, understand this, I think from this angle and like you said, you know, women's women's power really is in 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 the family. I know there's going to be a lot of women that say it's their career, but it's really in the family. I don't see too many obituaries that say, "Gee, I wish my job would have been better." Or I would have. <laughs> it's always the family is talked about and the family relationships. And if we if we let them destroy this core nucleus. I, I, I don't even want to even think about what that would be like, honestly. I can't imagine a world where that would be, but in their plans, I'm sure they've outlined. My guest is Kimberly Ells, and of course, the book, The Invincible Family, uh, and with the subtitle, Why the, Why the Global Campaign to Crush Motherhood and Fatherhood Can't Win. And I have to say, I um, completely agree. We have got to work a lot harder in this in order to stop what is happening to our families, what's going on. It's a concerted effort. We'll come right back. We'll talk. uh, We have some more points to make, and you're going to want to hear this. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Glad you're listening today. KateDalyRadio.com. KateDalyRadio.com. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. I was alone. I took a ride. I didn't know what I would find there. Another road where maybe I could see another kind of mind Hey, Daly Show. My guest, uh, this is a pre-recorded live interview, and my guest is Kimberly Ells. She is the author of The Invincible Family, and I can't wait to get back to this because this is such a huge topic. I don't think we realize the importance and relevance of this topic because it truly is the, the nucleus of the world, is the family, and uh, they would like to destroy it. And so um, I also wanted to mention um, Balance of Nature. Look, there is no better food supplement. There is no better. I, I haven't found what this one is. It had everything on the list that I was looking for when I was doing my homework. And this is truly the one that 
helps the most. And I know so many people. I'm surrounded by so many people that just love it, will not go without it. Balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com. Put in the code Kate. You're going to get 35% off and free shipping and a free health coach uh, to talk to if you want to. And also, um, you're going to get uh, healthier. Your immune system is going to get healthier. More importantly, please go and get Balance of Nature and do yourself a favor going into the fall and winter. Please. This will help you so much. Get it for a friend. Get it for a loved one. Have your kids take it. This is going to help them shore up their immune system um, and stay away from illness. And I just, I just love this product. And it will give them energy through the day. It's amazing balanceofnature.com, code word Kate. I'm, I'm talking with guest uh, Kimberly Ells, her great book, The Invincible Family. You must get it. Great reviews. And it's really, truly about the family. Right. Well, there, in my book, I talk about uh, a modern family. I talk about when some feminists from the 70s and the, the kind of foundation they laid. And I talk about a more modern feminist named Sophie Lewis. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, openly about family abolition and, and all this stuff. And I just read this week mm-hmm. that she's coming out with a new book, in a, in a few days, called Abolish the Family. What? And so this, oh, is, wow. this has traditionally been a somewhat of a extreme feminist view, a fringe feminist view. Mm-hmm. Um, but sadly, it's it's inching more and more into the mainstream, and it's it's definitely being funneled into our school systems. This way of thinking, I talk about that at great length in the book. And so, I the onslaught of just open family. Uh, abolition language mm-hmm. is really exploding and i i think that's that's alarming and we need to not just brush that aside as oh that's that's just some crazy person talking no it's not there's yeah. a core group of people who really do want to crush the family they see that the woman is the target just like i said like at the un meeting that i referred to mm-hmm. the 12 year old girl they yeah. see where the power is and they're aiming at it jeez oh it Oh, Kimberly, the book is uh, The Invincible Family, of course, and uh, with the subtitle, uh, Why the Global Campaign to, cr- to Crush Motherhood and Fatherhood Can't Win. And I like the resolve of it can't win, it's not going to win, because we cannot let it. But most people are not aware that there is a concerted, a concerted nefarious plan to destroy. And I mean, not just... Not just take it apart or not just lessen the bonds, but destroy the idea of what a family is. Because it's amazing now all the new definitions of family and, and anything's a family and everything's a family. And, and we take away, uh-huh. too, from that those, those very special bonds as a family. Adoption, no adoption, it doesn't matter. Those are special bonds as a family unit. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the effort, too, is to, like you said, culturally dismantle the family. Mm-hmm. And one thing I, I hit on particularly in, in some of my writing is destroying the family legally. And there's some specific yes. movements that are at work in society that are working to kind of unhinge parental rights. Like right. we've said that, oh, of course, the child belongs to its mother. But there are movements afoot that are working to destroy, to say that it's not legitimate, that a mother doesn't or shouldn't have claim on, on her own child. And, and we have to guard against that at all costs. Now, there is, there is a hopeful message here because, you know, like I say in the subtitle of the book, that the global campaign to crush the family can't win. And right. it really can't right. uh, if, event, in the ultimate sense. Like, there can be certain families who are very affected and a culture can dethrone the family and a lot mm-hmm. of pain and anguish can come from that. Right. But the thing is, the thing that's going to survive all else is the family. And if you think about it, that's always been the case. Whatever world wars or problems or, you know, mm-hmm. famines or discord, 
like all those things are horrible. Right. And then what what has still persisted? Even if even if civilizations have fallen and di- dictatorships have fallen, what has persisted? Right. The family right. in almost every culture, every everywhere. And that's because it's biologically rooted in our own anatomy, done purposely by God. Right. So as long as there's a, a man and a woman who create a baby, mm-hmm. there's a new hope. There's a new family, and it will just keep rising again. Kind of like the phoenix, you know, from the yeah, ashes. The family is so truly is invincible because it's the one organization that replicates itself. That it is doesn't so take true. any laws. It doesn't take any governments. The family predates the state, yeah. and it will outlast yeah. the state. Yeah. The family, you know, is prime. The state is secondary, and that's that's rooted in biological realities. And so it's really a beautiful and a hopeful thing. Oh, I like that. Because, yes, the, the state, uh, the, the feds tried to get their hooks in it, but it really is. It's predated, so it is that unit uh, created by God, which... I absolutely love about the family. What is the end game? What do you want people to know about where, where this end game lands? I mean, where do they see the end game? Do you think what's their win? in well, this? So you mean the opposition? Yeah. Like they, what does their win look like? Is it, is it kids uh, taken from families and raised by the state? Wait, what is the end game for them? What are they shooting for? Yeah. I mean, in the ultimate sense, it would be family would become essentially irrelevant and that the state would take responsible especially through education for the raising and of human beings for the first you know, two Jeez. two decades of their lives until they become autonomous and that to me is just the most heinous tasteful loveless horrible uh. thing you know and, and i don't think we're just that would be very difficult to achieve a familyless society that's what i'm saying like the, mm-hmm. the family is such an obstacle to that but there are great great strides going forward right now and so yes their goal would be a, basically a family-less society. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Shalama Firestone in the 70s went so far as to say that we need to uh, bring about artificial reproduction so that babies are just born to no one. You know, we just, just are able to produce tubes. them so that mothers don't have to have the great difficulty and the uh, great um, inequality of having to bear children. Oh, the way so, But that's the more extreme way. That's, right. that's really not going to happen. Right. And I really believe that Mothers and fathers will not let that happen. You know that mm-hmm. uh, will mothers and fathers of the world are going to rise up and 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 take responsibility for their own kids because they love them, and it's almost impossible to stamp out that kind of love and, uh, and connection. That is so, so true. Um, no, a familyless society—that's that's, that's a, a sad, bad end to the story. But so many people think that that's how we would achieve equality. You know, oh my gosh. And oh, we scary. have power dynamics that exist in families. But the thing is, that doesn't solve the problem because mm-hmm. as long as there are multiple people in a room, mm-hmm. power dynamics are going to be asserted. Yeah. They just are. Right. That's human nature. Right. And so by establishing families, we put people in a position of connection rather than competition which is going to lead to their survival and hopefully their ultimate joy. I love that. Then the reason I asked was because maybe if parents understand what their end game is and what they're headed to, if they could have everything they wanted on their wish list and know that the mm-hmm. culture is, is going in this direction as far as, is there's a lot of things in the school levels that are, that are being taught that are, mm-hmm. that are just, that, that follow along with this, right? Um, just like the media, you know, parents are stupid, kids are smarter, you don't need your parents kind of kind of situation. If we really understand the end game, maybe that will wake some people up out there to really start being in this fight because we better be in this fight now and not wait 
Because if we wait, it's too late. It's too late if we don't do what we need to do about this. I I can't imagine. Right. Yeah, and I I write lots of articles, and I focus on just the kind of things that you said about how, especially through education and schools, Mm -hmm. the families just chipped and chipped and chipped away. The social-emotional learning programs are a key tool to to make the school the purveyor of right, uh, or excuse me, of um, values rather than the family and the parents. And it slowly, slowly happens. And then there's a huge push right now for com- what's called community schools. And it sounds kind of lovely that these schools are going to be one-stop shops with medical care. And, and it usually does sound good. <laughs> all the you know, right. counseling that your mm-hmm. child can need. What does that sound like? That's, right. that's communistic it, in nature. That's collectivist. It and it's, it's at its core anti-family. The family is responsible to provide those things for the child. Most of us send our children to school mm-hmm. to learn academically and obviously there's a social aspect to it as well schools, mm-hmm. the families just chipped and chipped and chipped away the social emotional learning programs are a key tool to let the, to make the school the purveyor of right uh, or excuse me of um, values right. rather than the family and the parents and it slowly slowly happens and then there's a huge push right now for com- what's called community schools and it sounds kind of lovely that these schools are going to be one-stop shops with medical care and, and it usually does sound good <laughs> all the you know, right. counseling that your mm-hmm. child can need what does that sound like that's right. that's communistic it, in nature that's collectivist it and it's it's at its core anti-family the family is responsible to provide those things for the child most of us send our children to school mm-hmm. to learn academically and obviously there's a social aspect to it as well but we don't most parents don't send our children to school so that the school can then inculcate them with what they think, you know, a good a good right. global citizen looks like, which is the stated uh, goal of, of at least many of the UN and other programs. Oh, so, so you're true. right. We have to be vigilant. If anything starts to infringe on the family, we have to be aware of that and and uh, push back and teach our kids when it's happening too. I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we're explaining them to them enough that that these things are, especially when they're when it's an appropriate age to say these things are happening mm-hmm. and that this is what the culture, this is where the culture is going, so they can identify it and and start to fight it too. Because we're we're going to be in a heap of trouble. I mean, g- girls are already at the point where like, ah, I don't know if I want to get married or ever have kids. I just want a career and and nothing wrong with a career, but the joy is with the family. Sorry to say, I. You know, it might offend somebody out there. I don't care. I, the joy is in family. It always will be. It was God designed that way. So, oh, it's so it's yeah. so hard. I love that you're in this fight. Thank you. And I, I love that you said that we need, need to be teaching our children. Above all else, I mean, there's a lot of things we need to do policy-wise mm-hmm. and, and, you know, with local governments and school boards and things. But the most basic, the most important solution has to be and always will be teaching our children in the home. Yep. teaching them about all these movements and just at our core, what we believe is right yeah. about sex, ger- gender, marriage, the family, you know, mm-hmm. all the principles that we adhere to. Like that can't be a side note to <laughs> exactly. all the other activities that we're doing right. in our families. Like we're at a point where we have to teach in a loving and consistent way mm-hmm. all the time, you right. know, and be, be there for kids, help them navigate this really landmine of culture, you know, That's that they're, so they're in and, and the thing is, we can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, not that our children will listen every time or always make the decisions that we hope, but, but for the most part, we can remain the greatest uh, influencer in our children's lives and through establishing relationships with them and then mm-hmm. teaching them in an ongoing, 
way. And we have that power. We can do it. That is so true. The only thing I would add, because I know we're at the end, the only thing I would add is is that um, don't wait for them to bring it up. They're not going to. <laughs> They're being slammed with a lot of ideas at school and a lot of ideas in our culture and on TikTok and on, on videos and stuff and in the media and movies. And so it's like pornography. You don't you don't ask them if they've seen it. You say, you know, when? When did you see it? Because the answer, they'll open up a little bit more. And if you just start talking about this with them and, hey, there's, you know, there's an, kind of an onslaught on, on the youth and the family and you start telling them and talking to them about it, it's amazing, I think, what comes out when you introduce the conversation as if they've already been hearing it. You know what I mean? Because they have. Yeah, because they have. Yeah, yeah, there's there's, uh, opportunities every day just in current events and news Mm -hmm. to to bring these topics up in a natural way, you know, around the dinner table and, you know, at night and do some do some teaching and talking, which is where, where we lay the foundation. Oh, amen. I cannot say it better than that. So the Invincible Family, Why the Global Campaign to Crush Motherhood and Fatherhood Can't Win by Kimberly Ells. Thanks, Kimberly, for writing this book. And, you know, you brought up some great points. I really hadn't thought from that angle of the privatization of the family unit. You know, I love that because it kind of sheds a whole light on it in a way that I hope people can really, I I know it's going to resonate and it is resonating with people right now, but I just, I love that. And we need, we need our our warriors out there and you're certainly one of them. So I really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I really love this book. I also really love the author and The points that she's making, I just, people need to see this maybe in a different way. Maybe that will finally get to them and and they'll understand what the end game is and then also understand how to fight for these families and then warn our kids, our families that this is happening. Sometimes it's just really kind of hard, you know, head and sand syndrome and we don't really understand that what's at stake here. But there are a lot of people with a lot of ideas to, uh, to take the family and demolish it and we really, truly... It is. It's like spiritual warfare, physical warfare. It's just, it is an assault on the family. What a great book. The Invincible Family by Kimberly Ells. Grab it. It's really good. A lot of things we didn't mention today. A lot of great points. You'll love it. And of course, uh, moving on to the next hour, stay with me. KateDallyRadio.com. Go buy the coin, the commemorative coin. Kate Daly Show coin. Help us out. If you can do that on the break, please. KateDallyRadio.com and just click on the coin and and, uh, you'll see it. It's in a beautiful case. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show.